Good morning, fellow students, and welcome back to Legacy Weapon, your guide to the Legacy format. I am Jamie. I am Drew. And we have another special guest for you today. We are just chock full of guests lately. I'm really proud of this. So much specialness. Uh, we have Kate on the line. Hello, Kate. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. We're really glad that you can be here. And uh, we're going to do a deck tech, if that's all right with you. That as sounds if great you didn't, to me. As if you didn't know what we asked you here to do. <laughs> I'm shocked. Surprise. I'm we're shocked. Just, we like to invite people on the on the show and then just put them on the spot. Um, just, you know. So, so today, Land Wars in Asia, pro or con? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm going to go with con. Ooh, yeah. ooh. Bo- Bold move, bold stance. All right. Uh, before we get into that, the deck we're going to do as a teaser is 12 post. But do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first? Uh, sure. So for those of you guys who don't know me, um, I write for Hipsters of the Coast. I write the Hope Paternal column. We've got a Patreon. You should totally check it out. Um, on Twitter, you might know me by my really obnoxious French username, um, which <laughs> the Leaving a Legacy guys have changed to Beautiful Colossus, but in reality it's B-E-A-U-T-E-C-O-U-L-I-S-S-E-S. Um, I also work, if you're in the Massachusetts area, that's entertainment at both the stores. It's the biggest what we call pop culture emporium in New England. Um, it's really just like an LGS with comic books and magic and everything you could ever want um and i play legacy a lot like way too much um and no such thing yeah right (laughs) um i met my fiance at legacy some of you guys might know him his name's aaron gazaniga Uh, my cat died on a lot of the magic forums online uh, because he has classy screen names and he also writes for hips of the coast he writes the brew column corner so uh yeah my life is legacy (laughs) well you're on the right show Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, t- tell us a little bit how you got started in, in Magic or started in Legacy or anything about that as well. Oh, my God. This is kind of a hilarious story. So, um, my, I, That's my favorite kind of story, actually. Right? I, didn't, I don't know if you know that about me. Um, so, uh, when I was, I, so I was living in New York City um, and working on Broadway, doing the thing, and I kind of got sick of it. So I moved to Mass- back to Massachusetts. I grew up in Western Mass., Um, and then moved to Central Mass this time, which if you're from Mass, you'll know that they're practically two different states. Um, Mm. (laughs) And I didn't have any friends in the area except my high school ex-boyfriend. And so we were like hanging out and he was helping me like meet people and get to know the town. And he plays Legacy and he was playing it and we were hanging out all summer. And I just was making fun of him the whole time. I was like, people who play Magic, like, Ugh, you're gonna like never get a girlfriend like never get laid like what's wrong with you <laughs> um and after the entire summer making fun of him he finally went you know like i actually think you'd like this so you need to give it a try if you're gonna make fun of me this month and i was like all right that that's fair and uh here i am now <laughs> <laughs> with my whole life being magic that was about three four years ago and now i'm like all magic all the time he was right i did like it a lot more than i wish i I wish I had liked it a little, just a little bit less, <laughs> but uh, here I am now stuck. So, <laughs> well, that welcome to the club, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's 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 us too. So, if you can't have the addiction you want, love the addiction you 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 have. You have? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that no, didn't. That doesn't. That, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't seem to work quite quite as well as the other saying. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, between that and I also do some glass blowing between the two of those two things. I have very expensive and time consuming hobbies. Mm-hmm. I really don't know how I yeah. have a life and a fiance. It's very confusing. 
Mm. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, that's that's actually really amazing. I've only seen glass blowing like twice, but that's really cool. I do yeah. what's technically called lamp working. It's a lot smaller scale than probably what you're imagining, but uh still glass blowing, still awesome. Also much cheaper. <laughs> I imagine Which is so good because giant... you have to you have to save money to spend on all of your all of your magic cards. So exactly. Well, I make money selling things. I make lamp working to buy magic cards, right? Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> it's a great right, cycle, out. and then all the money goes to Watsy. That, that's the circle yeah. of life. It actually ends at Watsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all right. Not wrong. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to get started, we can move into the deck. Uh, it is called Twelve Posts, and it's one that you're known for, and. Uh, we have a list, and we will put that in the show notes that we're going to be working off of. Uh, Drew, you got that in front of you as well? I do. Okay. Uh, why don't you get into it? Why is it called 12 posts? So first off, I want to preface with there's a lot of different versions of 12 posts. Um, I love all of them equally, except blue-green. Um, but I'm <laughs> best enough. known for playing mud and mono-green. Today, we're just going to talk about mud. Uh, someone else is going to be awesome and cover mono-green for you guys at some point. Um, mud post, uh, is based off the idea of, of 12 locust lands in your deck. So you've got four cloud posts, cloud posts being the best land ever in existence. Uh, it comes <laughs> into play tapped. Um, and when you tap it for mana, it taps for one of each locust land you have in play. So if you have four cloud posts in pay, play, they each tap for four mana. But the best part is... Cloud Post isn't the only Locust Land out there. You also run four Glimmer Posts, which when it comes into play, untapped, you gain a life for each Locust Land in play. Also a Locust Land. So if you have four Glimmer Posts in play, when your fourth one comes into play, you're gaining four life. The third one, you've gained three. The second, two. And the first one, one. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have two Glimmer Posts and a Cloud Post in play, your Cloud Post is still tapping for three. Your Glimmer Post tapping for one. Yeah. And then you run four Vesuvas, which come in as a copy of any land. So you can copy your Cloud Post or your Glimmer Post, depending on what you feel like you need at the time. If you're against Burn, you need to gain some life, you can copy your Glimmer Post. Um, it comes in tapped no matter what, unfortunately, so it's almost better to name Cloud Post most of the time, but sometimes you need that life. Yeah, and uh, nice to be able to kind of double up your downsides so that you don't get hit as much uh since you're it's gonna yeah. be tapped anyway so that's that's 12 lands that's the, your 12 posts and so that's right. a good good chunk of the mana base i actually do remember when the first uh, uh i've never pronounced them right but locusts were printed <laughs> it was it was terrible casual jank it was it was unplayable because there were only four you know it was just these right. four things that the likelihood you were going to draw three or four over the course of a game i don't think they saw any competitive play when it was just four. four. Four post is a bad deck. Also, it was in mirrored in block where there were so many more way bro way super broken things to be doing. Um, but that's another story. They, yeah. they banned the first deck. <laughs> then they banned its replacement deck. They probably should have banned the replacement deck to that. And this yeah. still didn't crack any of those. So right. that tells yeah. you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I played I played once in that era. It was It was a time. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh gosh, the flashbacks—they're they're painful. Let's move on. I've Let's heard move the on. Stories. <laughs> uh, so, what does the rest of the mana base look like? So, um, you're running four Ancient Tomb and two City of Traders. The reason is the stack is very big on explosive turn ones. Um, I'm gonna kind of cheat and talk about spells a little bit, but it's it's very related. Um, you're running four Chalice of the Void, and you're also running four Trinisphere. 
Um, yep. Being able to turn one those is very critical to the deck because otherwise the deck is very slow. It's about inevitabilities. Um, a majority of legacy decks can't beat a chalice on one or a Trinisphere. Obviously there are exceptions to that rule, but not very many. So um, the six two mana two mana lands are very important to the deck. Um, it also helps you turn one a Metalworker. I'm sure you're all wondering, wait, she just listed a couple three mana spells. How are you doing that? Um, Grim Monolith is also a big part of the deck. You want to go turn one mm. Ancient Tomb, turn one Grim Monolith, followed by either Trinisphere or Metalworker um, most so, of the time. It's very, true. very important. Um, uh, Drew, Drew have, have we talked about Trinisphere or, uh, or Grim Monolith? Uh, I don't think... We may have talked about Trinisphere. Trinisphere is a weird card. I can no, no, no. talk about it, both of those. I could definitely fill in on both those. So Grim Monolith is uh, an awesome card. It's a two-mana artifact, and it taps for three-mana. The way it keeps it from being super broken is it doesn't untap during your untap step. It costs four mana to untap. So you're running four of those in your main deck to kind of help with those explosive turn ones. Um, Trinisphere, also known as three-ball, kind of uh, in or three-sphere, uh, is a spell is a three mana artifact that says all spells cost three mana to cast. So if something costs one black mana, at least you, at least three to cast. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a spell that costs one black mana, you have to pay two colorless or two of any color and a black to cast that spell. End of story. You cannot cast it without paying at least three mana. If you have a five mana spell, it's not changing anything. Though, for example, if you're casting Force of Will, which mm-hmm. I'm going to guess you guys have gone over. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Day one. Um, so if you're casting Force of Will, even if you're paying its alternate cost where you're pitching a card and paying a life, you still have to pay three mana. You cannot right. cast a spell while a Trinisphere is out without play- without paying at least three mana. There's no way around that without destroying or tapping the Trinisphere. Now, I, one interesting thing and one question. Uh, the interesting thing is, Magic has layers. Like once you get into like the real deep rules lawyering and judging and everything, there's you know some things that increase costs and decrease costs and what order you put them in, and it's usually irrelevant. But I find it amusing that the final step is explicitly if you have a Trinisphere, make it three. Right. Nothing, nothing can get around that. Nothing gets past it. That is the last step on figuring out what something costs. If it would cost otherwise, Trinisphere says no at the end. The- there's, and, yeah, and there's a whole layer out. that is just this card. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that is and, very and true. The thing I did want to check, though, uh, if you have Phyrexian mana and you pay with life, does that still count? Um, You know what? That's not something I've actually encountered, but I am going to assume, based on other interactions I've had with this card, you still have to pay three mana because the only thing I found that gets around Trinisphere in terms of paying mana is Delve and that is because you are still it's considered a replacement effect that still Mm. counts but I honestly have not dealt with Phyrexian mana Surgical Extraction is not a card you should really be bringing in against Mudpost no no it's not it's not something I've dealt with my understanding is that Phyrexian mana is a replacement like like delve or like um convoke where it is a replacement for the mana so convoke from what i understand does not get around i'm so i can totally be wrong judges are going to be tweeting at me for a week oh man this Um, this whole episode is just gonna yeah this yeah judges are going to like have heart attacks listening to us so um i so this is not something that you really have to who who plays convoke and 
legacy. Nobody. Um, right. And I say that when Aaron and I are two of the jankiest players in, in the world. Um, I've never had to deal with Convoke, but from what I understand, I have been told by a judge before, and they could have been wrong, that Delve is the only replacement effect that gets around Trinisphere. I don't know why they told me Convoke did not. So I really have no idea. You're going to want to chat about that with a judge because I'm actually not sure because it's not something I've had to deal with. I, I um, pulled up a real quick Google search on uh, Trinisphere and Phyrexian Mana, and I got a lot of people arguing. Like, usually a quick <laughs> Google search will just bring you the judges. Um, right. But this one is just bringing up arguments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's making right. me very frustrated and unhappy. We will put in the show notes, and this is incentive for all you well, listeners. Go read the show notes. There's there's we'll, answers there. We'll get an answer to this. Uh, I, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a judge. Um, yeah. Well, a fat lot of good. You are Drew. You're, you're the uh, one supposed to know the answers to things. Oh, I thought I did know the answer, but oh, I, I, I found I, the answer. Oh, good. Yeah, you're, on the you're, Googles, but only because someone was bitching about MTGO, which is really, really funny to me. Um, uh, at least for Phyrexian mana. Is it um, broken about, in MTGO. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, so it's about total cost. So okay. I guess you still have to pay three. Like if so, if you were casting, um, uh, what was it? Dismember. You would still have to pay three mana. Um, so I don't know. And oh, never mind. I'm finding more people arguing. Um, <laughs> never mind. But, still not sure. But from what it, it looks like, that paying life. You're paying life instead of paying mana, and the way that replacement costs. So it's still costs. okay. Yeah. So it, that, it looks that, like you still have to pay mana. I think. That is what I'm finding okay. on the, uh, the judge blog from. Right, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense, but then that would make it sound like you would sh- still need to pay mana for delve too. All right. Yeah, well, let, let you're me read this. cards instead of paying mana. I am just going to read this straight off because we have gotten way off base, and this is still fascinating <laughs> me. So. Right. At, as quoted by, and this is what we'll just link, is the Magic Judge Rules blog in 2012, though it's still an active blog. Say you have Gutshot in a non-red deck that is one red Phyrexian mana. If you have it in a non-red deck, you'd be paying two life and no mana. With a Trinisphere out, you have to pay two life and three mana instead. The life because you pay... you can't pay the red. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. You could pay a red and two mana, or two life because you still have to make that red phyrexian mana right and then three colorless because trinisphere says quote three mana please so okay that's a thing also taxi probe just got worse that same blog actually has a really good breakdown on um trinisphere versus delve yeah so um i guess trinisphere uh trinisphere checks to see if the spell is below a total cost of three before you use the delve ability to exile cards instead of paying the generic uh, ma- mana. Uh, so let's say yep. you're going to... I'm literally reading this word for word. So let's say you're going to cast Dig Through Time, exiling six cards and paying blue, blue. Trinisphere will check that total cost before you start paying for the spell to determine if you need to increase that total cost to include at least three mana being paid. So I guess Convoke then would be the same as same thing because you're tapping creatures delve. instead of so that's really interesting, mana. right? Uh, huh. Then you will be oh so Trinisphere is happy to, that it 
it's more than three and doesn't interfere. Then when you get to the actual pay cost part of the spell, casting process, okay. you spend blue, blue, and exile six cards. Trinisphere okay. might be confused about how you manage to cast a spell by only paying two mana, but it's too late to go back and interfere now. Okay. That we're so gonna take to, those okay. we're gonna take those as the word of God and we're gonna move on. That That's is one good of those enough for me. Like you, yeah, okay. So you cast the spell and then you pay for it, and so Trinisphere cares about I don't know, that's very weird. All right. When yeah, you cast it, Trinisphere cast the checks it. And if it seems he is less then, than three, then it's like, yo. No, where where are those mana at? Right. But, yeah. If you're if you're playing a deck with Delve or Phyrexian mana and your opponent plays Trinisphere, the correct play is to yell judge as loud as you can. <laughs> just get them to tell you what they want to have happen. Just do that. Right. All right. Right. All right. So so that is I mean, that sounds like some good looking mana with a uh, you know three mana on turn two semi regularly. Yes. Yeah. Or sorry, no, it, three mana on turn one semi regularly. I'm sure you have three mana turn two all the freaking time. Uh yeah. Um, it it depends on whether your opponent has a uh, uh, swords to plowshare or not. But uh, yeah, it's very hard to not have three mana that early on. It's pretty great. Um. The other, I should probably give a rundown of the rest of the lands in the deck. I hear those are important too. Yeah. Um, so we also run three cavernous souls, mainly because, you know, Legacy is full of a lot of counter magic. And for right. those of you who don't know cavernous souls, it taps for a colorless. Or uh, when it enters, you name a creature type. Um, and when you tap it for mana to cast that type of creature, uh, that spell is uncounterable. Um, right. You're also running one Eye of Ugin to be able to search out some of your big fatties. Um, and that's all the lands in the deck, which I say as if it isn't a lot, but it's quite a few. <laughs> yeah. You have Cavernous Souls. What creatures do you have to cast with Cavernous Souls? Uh, so many things. So the most important one uh, is Metalworker. Uh, yes. Metalwork- Metalworker is my, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a three mana artifact. Um, and it taps, uh, for, so every, you can reveal cards from your hand for each artifact you reveal this way, you add two colorless mana to your mana pool. So it's super busted. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, you do have to get it to survive a turn. If it survives a turn, then you can make all the mana. (laughs) (laughs) You win the game. Yay. (laughs) Which is why Chalice on one is so important because it shuts down Swords of Plowshare. And and Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also why Trinisphere is really important because the only other card that really can get through is Abrupt Decay because Chalice counter spells. But um, Trinisphere doesn't, so they still have to pay three for their Trinisphere or for their Abrupt Decay when there's a Trinisphere. You can't just cast it for two because it's not going to counter. Trinisphere just says you can't cast the spell. It doesn't say the spell is countered. Right. Okay. Um, So um, you're also running um, another. So Metalworker is a construct, which is a great thing to name with Cavernous Souls, but there's actually another construct in the deck, and that is Mirror Battlesphere. Um, it is a four seven for seven, but when it enters the battlefield, you get four one one colorless mirror artifact tokens. Um, and whenever mirror battle sphere attacks, you may tap X untapped mirrors you control. If you do, mirror battle sphere gets plus X plus O until end of turn and deals X damage to defending players. So if you tap all four of those mirrors, uh, your opponent gets here for four, whether they like it or not, and then you're attacking with an eight seven. Yeah. It's that's, good. It, 
<laughs> Seems like super, it'll get there. Super obviously legacy playable also as a seven drop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Se- seven drop creature that doesn't do anything at first. Yeah. Well, it makes it's... four dudes, but yeah. yeah. I mean, but wins. That's the thing. Winning yeah. winning is a good, good ability is, for a card to I, have. I, I hear that's usually a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, people underestimate it, but I mean, it's doing 12 damage when it attacks you. Um, and the best yeah. part is, um, if you have like, <laughs> oh gosh, that's so much. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how that didn't occur to me to do that math. That is so much. And you can't really prevent four of it. And if you have lightning greaves out, I only need to put it on the mirror battle sphere because the um the tokens are just are tapping as part of a cost. You're not tapping right. to activate anything. So they, they don't need right. haste. Yeah. Yeah, I don't give a crap about summoning sickness, and it's it's quite beautiful. <laughs> right. Um. Main board is also a Kozlek Butcher of Truth. Um, when you ca- I'm sure a lot of you know this, but it's 10 mana, 12-12 with Annihilator 4. When you cast it, you draw four cards. Um, and it's got the, when you put it into a graveyard from anywhere, um, you shuffle it into their, your shuffle your graveyard into your library, which is pretty helpful in this deck for reasons I will explain later uh, when we get into some more of the spells. Um, okay. You're... You're also running Sundering Titan, which for 8 mana is a 7-10, and I swear to god it's the most underrated card in Legacy. I hate when it, this card so much. I love so it. So much. so if you're still learning Legacy, I'm sure you might not be fully aware of the fact that most Legacy decks are, are 2 or 3 color. I feel like you see a lot of bug decks, a lot of right. rug decks, a lot of patriot decks. Um, so very rarely are you seeing like mono-colored Legacy decks, or in my mm-hmm. case mud or art so mud which is also another name for just artifacts um so right. when sundering titan comes into play you choose a land of each basic land type then destroy those lands when it leaves play you do the same thing so um when it enters play if you have a bayou an underground sea and a volk out i'm going to choose mountain and destroy your volk i'm going to choose uh swamp and destroy your our uh bayou and what was the last one I said? UC. I'll choose Island. Sea, so, yeah. I'll choose Island and destroy your UC. And all of your lands have now been destroyed. Yeah. Because they each have two basic lands types, which is great for fetching, awful for Sundering Titan. And then some reason you play a Tundra. I'm at over 10. I'm playing against a four-color deck. And you manage to swords to plow my Sundering Titan, which is great because I'm not going to do seven damage to you. But when it leaves, I'm going to destroy your island or your planes and now you're not going to have any mana again yeah you know we we elf players over here really don't seem to mind it all that much it's not that it's okay it's not great still it's not great then it tends a lot to fight with you're probably gonna pick forest and and forest and swamp and you'll be able to blow up a forest and a bayou if they have both yeah you can still get to get to it as i say that any deck full of trinospheres and chalice Mm -hmm. of the voids actually make us wet our little green pants Uh, (laughs) give us the give us this little thing that sundering titan is only a one land destruction twice beater and that uh, give us that give us that all right yeah (laughs) um and I guess I should probably talk about the last creature in this deck, which is pretty well known. Um, Worm Coil Engine, 6-6 six, six for 6. It has Death Touch and Lifelink, and when it is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you put a 
3-3 colorless worm artifact creature token with death touch and a 3-3 colorless worm artifact creature token with lifelink onto the battlefield. So it it's pretty half. hard to kill. Yeah, it's it's very hard to kill. Um, and it's pretty great because uh, this deck can be really dirtily. This is the low end of creatures outside Metal Worker, the low end of the, the beaters, <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah. So... You know, it lets me gain some life. So even if you do Swords to Plowshare, it, which does prevent the second trigger, because um, it has to go to the graveyard. So if it gets Swords to Plowshare, uh, it kind of gets thrown in the garbage. But I've probably gained six life or killed a creature or both. Um, Just so out of curiosity, how often does helpful. this thing actually die as opposed to getting exiled? Uh, very rarely. <laughs> right. I <laughs> mean, never. what? What what is there in Legacy that actually kills this other than like double bolt, which seems like a really terrible rate? Uh, double bolt, double block with it with two true name nemesis. Um, okay, a, I guess that works. Yeah. A um, what's I'm blanking on its name. Oh, I can see it. It makes a germ token. It's a four four. A batter batter skull. Yeah, batter skull bat- equipped to something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. Very 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 rarely. Have I had a worm coil engine die? And I guess you could it, get like reclamation saged or something, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and when it does die, I'm just kind of like, eh. I'm sad when it gets swords to plow shared. Yeah. But when it dies, I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Am, right. Eh. Am I supposed to care? Because I don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's very difficult to get rid of. Okay. So, all right, those are the creatures. Uh, what other non-creature spells do you have? So, um, I run... We talked so about Chalice and Trimsphere. I should probably probably take this moment, now that we're moving away from creatures, to kind of talk about how my list is a little different than some of the more traditional lists. Mm-hmm. Um, the best-known Mudpost list traditionally runs Kadalfa Forge Master and uh, Blink... Oh, God, what's it? Blightsteel Colossus. Yeah. Um, and so, for those of you who don't know those cards, Blades, uh, Kadalfa Forge Master taps and you sacrifice three artifacts, and it lets you go get an artifact out of your library and put it onto the battlefield, and then you'll go get Blightsteel Colossus, which is an 11-11 Trample Infector, which is a great card and a great way to do it, but I feel like uh, it limits the deck a little bit. Um, it's pretty easy in Legacy to deal with an 11-11. A lot of decks run... Source really good source of plowshare liliana terminus exactly like creature removal is pretty heavy so going all in on that plane has not been uh an all-time favorite of mine um but Seems i guess slow I... too right because the the forge master costs what five and then you have to tap it so right and you know they also run lightning greaves and and, yeah, and yeah. other things so you know it it's not the it's not awful it's definitely not awful by any means but uh, I have found more success with this list. Um, I don't enjoy playing the Forge Master list. I don't think it's as good. Um, mm. So this is what I stick with. Um, obviously, Mud's very much a fringe deck. It's maybe like 3% of the meta on average. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also not a cheap deck to build. Um, it used to be, but uh, the prices of things like City of Traders going through the roof and all that stuff has made it a little bit more... Mm-hmm. A little more pricey over the last few years, so you don't you don't see it as much. But I I just want to throw that out there because I'm sure people are not only listening to this to learn decks to play, but also how to play against. And it's definitely something you should keep an eye out for. There are a lot of versions of mud. There are mud decks running red in them. Um, 
12, 12 posts is, is got a lot of different variants to it, but just know they're going to try to cheat a really big creature into play in any way they can. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, as for the spells, um, I like to run two bottle cloisters. This card is super <laughs> underrated. Um, I love that a- this sees legacy play. <laughs> <laughs> right um for those of you who don't know it know it it's a four mana artifact at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep you remove your hand from the game face down and then at the beginning of your upkeep you return all cards removed from the game with bottle cloister to your hand then draw a card so this is great because a if your opponent has a lily they're not eating at your hand this deck does not have very good card draw being um an artifact deck it's really hard to get good card draw in um mm-hmm. but the other thing is it lets you draw an extra card so it's kind of like yep. a win-win. Uh, they can't th- thought seize as a sorcery. They can't thought seize you. Uh, they you can't also have no instants, so it's not like you're losing the ability to interact. Exactly. Um, I I do sometimes bring in instant, depending on the meta of where I'm mm-hmm. playing. There is an instant I sometimes run on the sideboard of Warping Whale. Yeah. Um, as as needed. Um, it's not in the list that you guys will see in the the cast notes, but it is a card that if I'm playing in like and elves or death and taxes heavy meta i'm like "Hmm, i like you (laughs) yeah um and bottle but bottle bottle cloister does a lot of work it's it's very underrated i mean it's a great effect it's the only reason why it's even underrated is just because of its you know its cost but the effect of one-sided howling mind just draw an extra card every turn that's pretty good uh as just an in the abstract effect Plus, you know, protecting your hand. If you're not going to be doing things, you know, your opponent knows you don't have days. Like you're not, you're not bluffing. <laughs> yeah. So that's not a surprise. Yes. The only downside of it is if bottle cloister gets removed while your hand is in exile, you'll never get your hand back. Yep. However, um, that it rarely does not die happens. To abrupt decay. No, exactly. Um, there are very few things that die to it. It's very much just artifact hate, and there isn't a ton of main board artifact hate in Legacy. Um, you know, people sideboard in maybe like a Viridian Shaman or a couple other things, but there isn't enough that it needs to be a really big worry. Also, most mm-hmm. of the time, they while it has happened, you're a you're dropping your whole hand, so it's really most of the time you're really just loving the the extra two draws a turn, right? And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, that what that so what they're gonna save their Viridian Shaman to hit your Warm Coil Engine or your Mere Battle Sphere. Yeah. You know, it it might be a problem from time to time, but it's only happened to me once or twice in the few years that I've been playing Mud Post. So it's not something that really sits in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, it, the big they get you is well, all right. They made you basically discard. How many cards did you have in hand? Maybe, t- maybe two or something yeah. by that point. Uh, and I mean, I've got the best deck to do something against that with. You know, bouncing a reclamation stage over and over again. I'll throw it at anything. But even then, is it going to line up well against that? Eh, eh, not often. And even so, mm. how what's the likelihood you have much of a hand? I I think it's still a good good play against any deck. Honestly, it's just. A great yeah great effect i've loved it since i first saw it and was just sad to never have seen it in play until i saw 12 post in any format or casual or anything until now yeah. so i'm i'm happy yeah it's definitely an underloved card that's why i love 12 posts because it lets you kind of run what everyone else considers jank and you actually make it good <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of janking in this list yes yeah, yeah that's, that's strange how, how the colorless decks i mean eldrazi to a certain extent we talked about that was our last deck deck kind of the same 
just cards which you look at and you're like, really? And legacy? Really? <laughs> yeah. But when you can double your mana output, it works out okay. When you can, you know, use your metal worker to make what eight mana on turn two, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 pretty good. Drop in a turn two Sundering Titan, Worm Coil Engine, Mere Battlesphere. I'll tell you uh... right now, not one of those things feel bad. Also, Kozlek can happen on turn two. Because if you have an ancient tomb out, there's your nine and ten. Yeah. Do you want to know so... feels really good? That feels really good. <laughs> so right. okay. Uh... Now when I see this, when I hear twelve posts at first, I think, you know, the the lands are great exponential for mid game or late game. I don't think when I just look at what the postcards are that that's fast mana because you know turn one you're gonna have one or zero mana, turn two you're gonna have you know three mana by the look of it at the most off of them if things go right. Tell us what your first couple turns can look like. You talked about one where it's uh, a soul land into your mana rock into a three drop on turn one, but you don't have giant piles of those cards so i can't imagine that's actually your normal turn one so believe it or not it really is um if i don't have an explosive turn one a lot of times i'll mull because even if i'm not going uh soul land um to grim monolith into either metal worker or trinosphere i'm hoping to go soul land into chalice of the void so Mm -hmm. that gives me if you just look at spells that's 12 spells uh, I want to cast, or I'm sorry, uh, 16 spells I w- want to cast on turn one between the Chalice of the Void, the Grim Monolith, the Trinisphere, and the Metal Worker. Um, mm-hmm. And I have six lands that can set me up for that. Um, so if you think about it, one in ten um, cards is the land I want, and way more than that is the spell I want. So between those two statistics, it's actually pretty easy to get Soul Land, Explosive Turn 1. Um, and if I don't have that, I mulligan because this deck is all about inevitabilities. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be slow in doing what I do, which is why I run these very crazy lock pieces. Because once I have a Trinisphere or a Chalice out, my opponent is probably just going to be sad for a while. And they might eventually do <laughs> something, but um, eventually I'm going to have a Kozilek or if I've sideboarded an Emrakul... Um, so it doesn't really matter because most decks eventualities are not an Emrakul or a Kozilek. So a I don't really care Emrakul. what it is. Yes. Right. So <laughs> I don't really care what they're eventually doing because my eventualities are always going to be better. Um, for me, it's really all about either being super explosive or shutting them down. Okay. Okay. Great. Let's Before we get too distracted, let's do finish out the remaining cards in the yeah. deck. So I've talked about Chalice of the Void. I've talked about Grim Monolith. Um, I do run two Lightning Greaves, which gives the creature Haste and Shroud. Um, it's two mana, and it equips four zero. Um, yep. It's great to, to hide my Metal Worker um, to be able to to get on pretty quickly. You know, turn mm-hmm. one, Lightning Greaves, turn two, Metal Worker, hook it up, drop a bunch of mana. Feels pretty good. Um, I Double run big three... dude, give it Haste, put it back on the Metal Worker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I also run three Pithing Needle. Pithing Needle is really important in this deck. Wasteland is very prevalent um, (laughs) in Legacy, so being able to turn one at Pithing Needle, naming that. um, There's a lot of... I do not think there is a deck in Legacy that there isn't something you can name with Pithing Needle. 
I genuinely <laughs> believe that. There might be one or two exceptions, but there is Pithing Needle is a very good card. And so many people do not expect it mainboard, even from Mud Post where it's a staple. Um, so it feels pretty good to have three Pithing Needle to shut people down. <laughs> yes. I also run two Staff of Domination. Um, it's a three mana artifact with lots of abilities. <laughs> the oh, first yeah. Ability- oh yeah. No, th- this yeah. is my e- this is my EDH love, and I'm so happy it has a home. Yeah. So uh, one mana untap you untap Staff of Domination. Uh, two mana tap you gain one life. Three mana tap you can untap a target creature. Four mana tap tap target creature, and five mana tap draw a card. Um, Uh Oh, I see a combo. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize until it's too late how well staff of domination combos with metal worker, uh, metal worker, as long it it only combos, as long as you have three artifacts in hand. And what you do is you tap metal worker revealing Mm -hmm. three artifacts and you make six mana. Then you'll use the staff of domination, uh, three mana tap to untap target creature. Then you use one mana to untap staff domination. Uh, you can do this infinitely. Uh, yep. netting two mana every time uh, with that mana using the staff domination you can gain unlimited life uh, tap or untap uh, unlimited number of target creatures and draw unlimited cards mm-hmm. so at that point uh, you pretty much won the game because you can draw your deck cast yep. your Kozilek mirror battles through whatever you want hook it up to your lightning greaves and win um, the only thing you should know is if you have lightning uh. greaves on your metal worker you cannot target it with staff of domination, so that's just something <laughs> you should be aware of. Um, but otherwise, the infinite combo is pretty fun. Um, I always have to walk people through it. Very, very rarely do people understand the infinite combo, um, but it is great. Um, the The next item on my list is actually part of the combo as well. It's a trading post, uh, which is a four mana artifact where you can. It has four abilities. Again, it's lots of abilities one mana tap discard a card you gain four life one mana tap pay one life you can put a zero one white goat creature onto the battlefield uh one (laughs) mana tap sacrifice a creature return target artifact from your graveyard to your hand and one mana tap sacrifice an artifact draw a card so while like staff domination all these abilities are great um for me the reason i like having it in is the one mana tap sacrifice a creature um for if some reason I have no cards left in my deck and I have to pass turn, I can sacrifice my Kozilek Butcher of Truth and sacrifice my uh, and shuffle my graveyard into my library, mm-hmm. so that way I don't deck myself. Is that the main use of this? Just to keep yourself alive after you've comboed if you can't win immediately, or do you it- also use this like for value a lot? Oh, I use it for value all the time. All the other abilities are not bad abilities, but I right. can't pretend that I don't keep it in there because it breaks the combo having mm-hmm. i mean i can stop the combo at any time i don't have to draw my whole deck most of the sure. time i only draw half of it and then if i don't have what i need i draw one card at a time because right. i don't want to deck myself i have done that <laughs> but i <laughs> because i have done that i keep the trading post in there um not having a way to kind of save yourself from decking yourself is awful you can have all the life in the world but if you draw all your cards it sucks <laughs> yeah yes draw my whole deck play Kozilek. wait <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> exactly um so uh rest of my cards so i talked about turn of spear yeah um and the last two cards in the deck are my homeboy ugin the spirit dragon uh probably a lot of people know this but just in case eight mana planeswalker 
uh, starts at 7 loyalty, you can plus 2, and it deals 3 damage to target creature or player. You can minus X, exile each permanent with CMC X, uh, X or less that is one or more colors. And minus 10 is you gain 7 life, draw 7 cards, and then put up to 7 permanents onto your onto the battlefield from your hand, which is really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, Ugin, Ugin gets there. Uh, not a lot of decks can do anything about his minus X. Uh, once you've wiped their field, most of the time the plus 2 will keep killing their creatures. Mm-hmm. It's it's a pretty good lock that most people just scoop once you've dropped him because there's not a lot they can do once he lands. Yep. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> no, okay. he's pretty good. Yeah. Well, before we move on to the sideboard, I wanted to thank our sponsor for the day. Uh, we have a special sponsor for just this episode. Not many people know, but before they were artificers, Urza and Mishra were actually a, a musical group. They were the initial Beach Boys, and they have a, a musical compilation uh, on VHS and this newfangled DVD for you called Metal Working with the Oldies. Does your car or truck, is it just having troubles? Is it not quite looking as fit as it used to? You just pop in Metal Working with the Oldies and you can get that machine in shape. It's got all the best tracks. It's got Beyond the Old Man in the Sea. Do you want a corpse dance? On a CN Highway, Great Fireballs. Peggy Sue the Pegasus. It's my party and I'll force of will if I want to. And he's a rebel and he will search up other rebels who will search up other rebels. Tune in next week where we tell you how to send $5 per week for the rest of your life to get metal working with the oldies. Wow. That sounds like a great deal. I can't wait. I want that. Moving on. It, it, it's a 12 disc set. I hope right. I hope you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I well, can handle that. N- not everyone can. Uh th- that's no. why we, well we'll we'll save. We'll save the VHS set for those who can't handle it for another day. I think just hearing about this one may have been too much for some of our listeners. It may have been. May have been, may have been too much for me, frankly. I don't know. I was going to say I think your guest is kind of a little overwhelmed right now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, now that we've all got the vapors, let's move right. on. I think we've got time for the. I think we've got time for the sideboard before we cut it off for the episode. Sounds right. good to me. Um, sideboard is all good stuff because this deck is all good stuff. So it's two alls dust because you know castable Ugin is always good. Being able to destroy all color permanents, you're not running any, so it's just really the world's best board wipe. Mm-hmm. It's um, pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, especially when you can cast it at turn two. Theoretically, all dust. Uh, yeah, theoretically. I don't know yes. if you really yes, want you to can. at that point. You probably want to save it for a turn, but yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're playing against, but for sure. I mean, if I'm against elves and you've got enough, I'll definitely wipe you. <laughs> yeah, yep. sure. Uh, I, I'm just thinking of all the things that are terrible that I don't want to see, and we've already talked about most of them. And there's a few more on my list I can tick off, and that that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so next is one Emrakul, the Aeons Torn, the original Emrakul. Uh, definitely a much-needed card in the sideboard. A lot of people run this main board. I like it in the side uh, just because it's spicy. Uh, Emrakul is definitely a game winner, but you can't pretend none of the creatures in the main board aren't game winners on their own. Um, you don't need Emrakul except in matches like Sneak and Show, anything Show and Tell based. Um, Miracles, which is really about dragging the game out, which is fine miracles is a hard to lose matchup anything like that where the game's gonna go a little bit longer control matches or where they're trying to make a beast bigger than yours 
um, Emrakul. <laughs> no beast Emrakul. is bigger than Emrakul. <laughs> exactly. So at end of the day, always just always just bring that in in the matchups like that. But I don't I don't bring it in for everything. There's plenty of matches where where you're totally fine with Kozilek. You're going to beat Elves with Kozilek. You're going to beat you know Stoneblade with Kozilek. But uh, when you're dragging a game out with something like Miracles, you're going to want you're going to want good old Emmy. She's she's got your back. You know, it, 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 it works for Kozilek or for Emmy. I there, I cannot think of much better than when your opponent does turn one show and tell than to drop your own Annihilator. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good. Do you know what feels better than dropping your own Emrakul when your opponent show and tells? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Well, yes. That's, I don't know. I've So I've been, uh, Jamie knows this, I'm, I'm almost done building a Luren. I would say the one thing better than that is Answering their turn one show and tell with a turn one Aluren into Recruiter and combo killing them before your first upkeep. Oh, please do. <laughs> Ooh. Please. Ooh. All right. You, you now have to finish this in time for the GP, and we need yeah. to get that on coverage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's pretty can you, great. Can you do it against Jerry Me, please? Um, Jerry, I didn't say that. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll see what I can do about, uh, yeah, getting on camera against him. Um, but yes. That, that's you, you have one job true don't don't screw okay. it up all right <laughs> all right i will wrap up the sideboard so uh we don't go too long and i can save some stuff for part two sure uh i run two graph diggers cage um i'm sure a lot of people know that creatures can't enter the battlefield from graveyards or libraries you can't cast cards in graveyards or libraries for one mana i refuse to play a legacy deck that does not have any kind of graveyard hate yep. unless i'm playing a graveyard deck um it also helps against things like elves any night decks anything that runs green sun zenith um, yep. It also helps against Eldrazi because of Matter Reshaper and all those other fun stuff. So uh, ah. great underrated, ca- yeah, underrated card for sure. Um, and Storm I play, too like, shuts off uh, Past in Flames. Exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, Dredge decks pretty much right. it, it shuts off a lot. There's a lot of reasons to hate on Graveyard if you're playing a Legacy deck. Now, I love Dredge. Erin Campbell, she's my she's my girl. Yeah. Um, but I. If I'm not playing something that needs the graveyard, I have to play with something that hates the graveyard, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, um, this is I approve. Some... I approve. This is not the only option that you have, but it is an artifact no. for metal worker, which is definitely important. Yeah, and I mean, there's other there's there's other artifacts as well, but Craftigger's Cage is hits more than just things like dredge it also deals with like i said green sun zenith and other things like that so yeah, I, I think that's why graph diggers cage is really important because combo is extremely hard for this deck if you don't get out that that chalice at one or trinisphere mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. really helps the combo matchup. sure yeah i would think uh if you if you cared enough to put something main board then you might switch over to, to relic uh relic of progenitus since that in the matchups where you don't need it draws a card, is that right, or am I just being silly? Um, Relic of Progenitus is definitely an option, but I actually like Graph Digger's page better, mainly because it's a solid your graveyard never works, so it doesn't give them a chance to build back up, and it and shut it it does that double duty like I was talking about of shutting down a lot of combo, it shuts down elves, it shuts down night decks, which is really a really big deal for um for mud posts to deal with. If uh graveyard hate was more important i might agree relic would make more sense but uh i need graveyard graveyard is almost easier no graveyard is easier to deal with than combo 
for mud post, so I would much rather have something that does a really good job of dealing with some of the combo decks than almost exclusively dealing with the uh, the graveyard decks, if that makes sense. Makes right? sense. Yeah. Flexible sideboard um, hate is always a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, next, I'm running one O-Stone because you can never have enough hate. Uh, three mana <laughs> artifact. <laughs> uh, for four mana tap, you can put a fake counter on something. Five mana tap, sacrifice it. Destroy each non-land permanent without a fake counter on it. Then remove all fake counters. It's just a really good board wipe. Um, and sometimes you need that. A lot of the things I have issue with are things like True Name Nemesis, which you can't target. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, Ugin and Alf Dust deal with that. But if I am playing against a Stone Blade deck that I'm just like getting wrecked by, having something like O-Stone. Because like, let's say they counter my Ugin. I need to be able to follow up with another spell. And the idea of casting Ugin All's Dust in one turn is kind of stretching it, but being able to cast like Ugin and O-Stone in one turn is not stretching it. So um, that's pretty important to me. Sure. Um, nice. I'm running, I'm running a fourth Pithing Needle because Pithing Needle's really good. Really good card. Um, I, th- I think it's one of the most underrated cards. It's it's really good. It, I like it is really good. Four in the 75 of this of this particular deck seems like probably the right number. Yeah. Yes. Oh, 100%. If I could run 10 of them, I would. <laughs> <laughs> pithing Needle, Pithing Needle, Pithing Needle. I can't play any cards. All right. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then... It, the it's a one-for-one, is... one, Drew. It's fine. One-for-ones right. are great. Yeah. It's fine. No, it's, it's a fine. four for one, Drew. It's a uh, four for one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'll hit their wasteland, then their Jace, and then their Deathrite Shaman, and they'll sit there and do nothing, and I'll be happy as a clam. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Take that shardless bug. Uh, looking at you. Yeah. Um. So next card in the sideboard is Platinum Angel. It's a seven mana artifact creature. Uh, it's a four four flying. You can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. Uh, the reason I like this card is, like I said, combo can be really hard to deal with. So those really hard matchups, if I try, I can get a turn two Platinum Angel. Um, so yep. it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, for the same yeah. reason, I'm running Platinum Empyrean, uh, eight mana, eight, eight, your life total can't change. Um, really helpful against a lot of those those combo decks uh i i like i said combos combos tough <laughs> so do you generally bring in both of these at the same time or are there matchups where you want one versus the other i normally bring them in together um it depends on what you're playing against but most of the time they come in together i can't really think of a time where i brought in one versus the other i guess um if i was playing against a weird miracles list and i just wanted a few more inevitable big fatty creatures i might only bring in one if i only had one thing i wanted to bring out against them okay but i'm just curious why i can't I mean, re- is like is there a reason why not just two platinum angels or not just two platinum imperians why you have one of each uh just shaking it up because okay. if for some reason they brought in uh something uh what's it called like surgical extraction or yeah exactly mage. you can't take out right so it gives me some options if they if okay. they nuke one they can't nuke both um if you think about like or if they if they like try to n- name it and get it out of my hand like with cabal therapy um you can only right. name one of them right and that makes a big difference okay fair enough um i'm also running two spine of ishas seven <laughs> mana artifact when it enters the battlefield destroy target permanent and when spine of isha is put into a graveyard from the battlefield return it to its owner's hand 
Uh, just more good removal. This deck's really, if you can't tell, this deck really likes to be Blow a prison stuff up. deck. Yeah. The, the casual yeah. train does not stop. These just these cards. They're just There's so many of these are just cards. like, this is a whole pile of stuff that's in a bunch of my commander decks. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it it's is. It's EDH for spikes, basically. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, can't can't stop, won't stop. Exactly. Someone's finally figured me out. It's taken people a long time to do that. I'm gonna share all my secrets. <laughs> yeah. Um the last part of the deck, very last card, uh four Thorn of Amethyst. We've talked about Thorn. And I guess it's probably Thorn's coming good. just the same the same ways, just in the when you're worried about the the cantropy decks, right? Yeah, it's like really good against combo. It's really good against like a lot of the there's like Delver. all the stupid like I'm gonna draw all the cards and then maybe play like a Stoneforge Mystic, get a batter skull and try to kill you. Right. Um, but I'm gonna draw up a couple Thorn of Amethyst and just watch you cry instead, which is much more enjoyable. Right. Um and it really shuts down combo. Combo looks at this and goes, Well crap. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when everything slows down, that seems to be a good thing for your deck. So a hundred percent. Like I said, my deck's really about inevitabilities. Um, I am not very good at winning quickly, but if I can make the game last more than a few turns, you're not gonna you're not gonna win. Yes. This deck is all about making you sit there and cry and not do anything for a few turns, and then casting Emrakul and watching you cry. The, <laughs> the one of the best things about Legacy is that the slow decks can play Kozilek on turn two. Um, I was about to say, right, right. Drew, Drew, this deck reminds me of another deck. Can you guess what deck this deck reminds me of now all of a sudden? Um, Eldrazi? R- reminds me of Elves. Elves oh, is a great I, deck. I everything reminds you of Elves. elves. <laughs> everything does remind me of but Elves. It but it is like Elves. I've played combo Elves. It is like Elves, except Elves is like, I'm going to get it out fast. And I'm like, I'm going to make you cry and get it out yeah. eventually. Yes. Yeah, it, just the idea that you can win on turn... Too, just by I exploded. Oops! Look at that. Or hey, let's play to turn twenty, and I'm just going to outvalue you at every turn forever. So well, that's why I I've switched. I know Mud Post is what I'm known for, and I'm not going to go into this other deck because it's not my territory. But um, that's why I've mostly switched to Mono Green because uh, you know what's better than Candelabra of Thanos? Nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> mm. well, maybe maybe we'll be able to talk about that in part two or some other time. But I, I think we do need to wrap it up right now. Sure. And uh, you, you, I think you had told us before where where folks can find you, but we will put some links down in the show notes so that people can can find you. Kate, is there anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? No, but just thank you for having me on. I like really, really enjoyed this. Um, it was great talking to you guys. I'm looking forward to recording part two. All right, we look forward to it also. I do have a band card of the day. Oh, hurry it up. My phone's going to die. Okay. Come on. <laughs> the band card of the day is Tinker, which is basically a Koldotha Forge Master activation in sorcery form. On drugs. Yeah. Um, it, and, and you only lose one instead of three. Things. Right, you don't have to sacrifice a and, right. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's a, a blue and two. Uh, you sacrifice an artifact and you search your library for artifact and you put it on the battlefield. This sees a substantial amount of vintage play, doing exactly what Coldelta Forge Master does in Legacy, just putting Blightsteel Colossus on the battlefield. Um, yeah, Mox, Lotus, Tinker, Blightsteel. Past turn. Hope you have swords to plowshares. Um, that's yay vintage, but yeah, banned for obvious reasons, uh, cheating on, uh, mana costs and also getting to tutor at the same time in the same spell. It's probably too good. Yeah. 
yeah all so wait wait making things cost less and card draw effectively because you're pulling things out of your deck and the selection of whatever card you want out of your deck these three things all in the same card mean it should go on the ban list it's blue too because i'm shocked i'm shocked my mind's blown (laughs) yeah you can also pitch it to Force of Will. It's in the same color as his Ancestral Recall and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, Pitches to Force of Will. It's strictly better than Stormcrow. Don't say that. That's, that's, that's fighting words. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, th- this would break a lot of things and would just turn a, uh, I mean, the decks would obviously have to change to be able to take advantage of this because blue mana. Right. But, you know, it's not, li- it's not like anybody's found good reasons to play blue mana in Legacy. Right. Blue side. And, yeah. Well, and and you know, honestly, I don't know that this would really have as much of an effect on twelve post. It would just let everybody else play just, twelve yeah, post just in their blue not decks. Really necessarily much of a reason to play. I guess I mean twelve post would just be another one of the various chalice decks, which maybe would still be viable. Yeah. But right, it just really this would be just it, a every win blue deck would... in every other deck. Like miracles yeah. would just probably win with this instead of like entreat or something. Because, oh gosh, yeah, that'd be so disgusting with every blue deck just having this as their backup plan. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad this is banned. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. But before I get an ulcer, I think it's time to sign off yep. for the day. Anything else you want to talk about, Drew? Nope, all right. Well, thank you again, Kate. And uh, until next time, everybody, remember preparation is the best legacy weapon. Thanks. This is this is really like ready, get ready to barf, have your barf bags ready. When Aaron and I get married, I'm going to get a planeswalker tattooed on the symbol on the back of my neck. So it's like I got my spark. Oh, yeah, right. uh, no. Oh. Uh, yeah, I am Mark actually um, hmm. nauseous hmm. right now. You're, you're, thinking about, you're thinking about doing the same, Drew? Is, is that is that perking your interest? Uh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I meant to say. <laughs>